You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Welcome back, everybody. Jeff here. And today, my guests are Karen Femister and Jenna Reeser. Karen is a water quality scientist for the city of Austin, and Jenna is a soap maker and a pet sitter. In fact, they're pet sitting today, and you'll hear a little bit in the background, a teacup chihuahua terrier mix that sat between them as we talked. Karen and Jenna have been together 24 years, and I began our conversation like I always do, by asking about their coming out experience and how they met. I had kind of come out in um, high school. In fact, my uh, high school girlfriend and I were supposed to be college roommates. And we had broken up over the summer, and I was absolutely determined not to end up with her as a roommate. That summer was not a good summer for us. We're actually really close friends now. You are. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, so we were on the freshman weekend at um, Southwest Texas State, which is now Texas State University. Karen was there. She looked very different than she does now. She had about two inches of makeup on, curled her hair. I didn't know this yet, but she spent like an hour and a half every morning getting ready. Um, Very different than our current way of living. (laughs) Um, I was already out, and I had another girlfriend in Houston that came to visit me, and Karen was, I mean, she was so conservative. She loved Ronald Reagan, which I couldn't believe. You skipped a part where we ended up being roommates. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, so we ended up being roommates, but she was very conservative compared to me, and and we were just very different. I grew up in a tiny little school, and honestly, I didn't even know what gay was. You know, I kind of had an idea that it wasn't something you wanted to be, but other than that, I didn't really. Did you grow up in the same area or a different town? No, I grew up uh, outside of Midland. Midland, mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Yeah. And were your families accepting as you came out? Well, um, I was the first person you came out to, wasn't I? Hold yeah. on. Before that, just a piece yeah, of I didn't, story. Yeah, I didn't even really think about, you know, sexuality or anything um, until she came out to me. Well, I came out to her because she walked in when I was kissing this girl, and I was like, oh, crap. It turned out she hadn't seen us, but I came out to her in the car when we were driving to Fort Worth, and her response was, I think I might be, too. (laughs) That's a pretty good response. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, and I don't know. It kind of got me thinking, you know, that I had been, uh, you know, I'd never really had sexual ideas really about anybody except for this one person who was a female. And so when she says this, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I am too. (laughs) Did your all's relationship start then or did that happen later? No, I had just been dumped by um, a a straight woman and didn't want to do that again. So although I... I was really interested. I steered away. So, um, and we went to school and became really close friends as roommates. Got really politically involved. Yes. 
we were we were in college, but we were not learning uh, college level things. <laughs> <laughs> we were fighting the apartheid, trying to get the the uh, university to divest. We were doing. Um, uh, Peace and Justice. We did Tex Perk. Bef- the first time Perk tried to move to Texas, we were part of that movement. Um, now they've got a thriving establishment here, but that was many years later. Um, and she would want to go to class, and I'd be like, "How can you go study white guys when the, you know the wh- dead white guys when there's a bunch of you know stuff going on right now?" Ah. You've got doctorates so. and. Social activism. I guess so. But I flunked out of college. But we sure didn't get our bachelor's. <laughs> oh, really? No. no, we did eventually. No, but we both flunked out at that at that time. Yeah. Wow. Um, she actually, her grades were a little better. She just uh, lost her scholarship. I lost my scholarship, yeah. Which is, you know, depending on your financial situation, can be the same thing. And uh, so we went our separate ways. I actually went into the and, Army. And Tell which, me about that, Which Karen. pissed her off. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe you were contributing to the military-industrial complex. <laughs> that was kind of a fool. Tell me about your experience in the Army. Oh, it was very short-lived. Uh, I, I went in, uh, I guess at 19, right around Thanksgiving time, and uh, was in BASIC up in New Jersey. Met a woman in BASIC. This is before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yeah, this is before all that. And I... Because somebody caught us or something, we got in trouble, and uh, the one of the drill sergeants came and asked if I was gay, and I admitted it. So I got out on my twentieth birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so I was only in for like six weeks. Did Did you leave on your own accord, or did they? Um, I was uh, actually that would be ten. It was an entry level separation, is what it was. I see. Because I was still in basic. Eight years later, I had a um, organization called. Young adult lesbians, and I was running a um, a group, kind of we'd have a rap group, and then we'd go and volunteer within the community outside of the bars. And the idea was to give high school and, and early college kids a chance to uh, socialize without having um, alcohol involved, because that's such a huge problem in our community. On a Friday night, we had a rap group before we went to do something else, and the topic was unrequited crushes. And I told, crushes. And I told the story of Karen. Ah. Not thinking I would ever see Karen again or hear from Karen again or anything. Well, that was Friday. On Sunday, I was running late to work at Te- uh, Texture's Bookstore, which was a feminist lesbian bookstore in San Antonio at the time. And I was running late, and there were two women by the door. And I'm like, oh. And then I look at one of them, and I'm like, Karen? Karen Famister? And, she, and I saw her, and I'm like, Jennifer Reeser? Because she went by Jennifer back then. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, nervously made a, a date to get together after shift. So there had been an eight-year gap. There had been an eight-year gap. I see. Okay. And I was so Twitterpated that she was there that my bo- <laughs> my boss at the time tells great stories about how she came in and, you know, the... The coffee bar was all torn up. I'd worked for her for years, and everything had been great because I was my college job, you know. And um, everything worked out great usually, but, like, I had spilled a plant and all this, and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, <laughs> I met this woman that I've known always and blah, blah, blah. And anyway. Karen, do you remember how you were feeling when you all met that night and set up a date? What was that like anticipating? It was kind date? of surreal. 
you know, because I sure wasn't expecting to run into her. I hadn't seen her in all that time. And a friend of mine had come up. I had just recently moved to San Antonio uh, from Fredericksburg, and I had a friend from Fredericksburg up visiting. And she knew about this bookstore, and she's like, let's go to this bookstore. Uh, and there she was. So and she so, asked me out. And so, uh, yeah, and so we went out that night. And you all had been roommates eight years before, uh-huh. but had you each held on to feelings about the other, but just hadn't talked about it? Or did, did those feelings come later after the first date? I had feelings for her at the time, but I, uh, I didn't really express them. It wasn't, uh, you know. She wasn't really looking for anything. Right. So we were just good friends. And how did the first date go? It must have gone well. It's 24 years ago. Well, it was, yeah, we, we, uh, it was fine. We, we, we talked to We didn't, didn't, hadn't decided to start dating yet. I mm-hmm. was wanting to, but she had just broken up with somebody and I was really concerned. It, it, we hadn't been broken up long, but it, it was permanent for sure. <laughs> um, I don't think it was rebound at this point. No. But uh, when I asked her out a couple of days later at the park, I was like, you know, once you get over this relationship you've been in, do you think maybe at some point you'd be willing to to maybe go out with me sometime? And she said, I said, hell, I'll date you now. (laughs) (laughs) You were ready. I was super West Texas. (laughs) You were. (laughs) Well, um, Jenna, what made you change your mind? When did you know it was safe to try to make this work? Well, when we hadn't seen each other for eight years and she was still identifying as a lesbian. Well, she was she was going to college at uh, Our Lady of the Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went yeah, to D.C. Just for like the summer, a few right months, after we got together. Just a few months after we got together, she went off to D.C. for a now internship and uh, left left her computer with me so that I could email her. She had never had a computer or done anything with computers. Yeah, never emailed or anything like that. So, <laughs> And then at some point, you all lived together in D.C., is that correct? Uh-huh. Later, we, we, we got together in San Antonio and stayed t- together, and then I got into graduate school in D.C., and so we went up to D.C. Um, we actually had our wedding and moved within the same three-day period of time. I don't recommend it. <laughs> you had your wedding in San Antonio uh-huh. before you went to D.C.? Yes, we did. Yeah. I see. And, of course, that was before it was legal. Yes. So yes. tell so me about... commitment so this was This was, the, just to give people an idea, this was the August after the puppy episode on Ellen where she came out. So this is a long time ago. Yes. Even most of our gay and lesbian friends didn't, I mean, we got lectures about the how we were giving into the patriarchy by getting married, and like we couldn't do it in some different sort of way. But um, our straight friends thought it was pointless because it wasn't legal, and our gay friends thought it was silly because we were holding on to old-fashioned ideas. But we knew we wanted to publicly we, declare our We wanted to commit monogamy. in front of, <laughs> in, you know, in front of everybody, our, including our families. What kind of ceremony did you have? Yeah, yeah, so we had, we had, the ceremony was, uh, you know, kind of an altered traditional, uh, lots of rainbow. She worked her family into the ceremony. Her sister, uh, did the, the legal paperwork. My family, her, her, a lot of her family came. Um, mine, I, I didn't really want to ask my mom because I knew she wouldn't be happy. 
we tend to not talk about things. Um, and she reacted just as I thought she would. She, she said, I, I told her, uh, I'm, I'm going to get married to Jenna and I would love it if you came. And she's like, well, why are you telling me this? And starts crying. And, uh, I don't know. I, and, this and is left, four left the impression, the left the impression that she wasn't going to come. And when she didn't come, I'm like, well, I sure as heck am not going to invite my sisters. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, uh, anyway, so I didn't think anybody was going to come, but then my mom and, uh, my stepdad, my stepdad, her husband ended up coming. I guess she cried and got over it. She mainly came because we were moving. It was her last chance to see Karen before we moved. Yeah, but also because she loves me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, because she loves you. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. Anyway, that. so that was cool that they came. Uh, her family, she had her dad and her stepmom and her uncle and aunt there. Her Girl Scout leader. Oh, her Girl Scout leader and her Girl Scout leader's daughter played the guitar. Mm-hmm. The Girl Scout leader made my dress and our mm-hmm. cummerbunds and uh, your cummerbunds and bow ties. And, mm-hmm. yeah. now, Jenna, you mentioned that uh, a lot of your friends didn't know why you were getting married, but I understand that some of those that objected have since gotten married themselves. Or <laughs> yes, in tell fact, me about the that. people who objected the most um, <laughs> have gotten married, and uh, they got married before it was legal too. This one particular couple and. Uh, and now, since it's legal, the ones that are still together are all married. Um, I like to think we set a good example. I was going to say, you're, you were trendsetters. <laughs> yeah. And, but you haven't um, been married again since it became legal. No. Tell me about that. Um, there's, there's taxes that are different when you're married, and there's mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, we're, I think we're common law married because we tell everybody we know that we're married. Sure. <laughs> and, but we've been doing that since long before. And I don't want to erase the meaning of the first wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we, was, we already consider ourselves married, so. And besides, we'd have to start over and we'd only be together for like, you know, right? six months we're or something. Six months. <laughs> <laughs> we do have that two anniversary date thing in our relationships, don't we? Right. The, the date when we consider getting our relationship started and mm-hmm. the actual marriage date. Uh-huh. Um, well, you mentioned about your mom. How did the rest of your families respond to your common law wedding? Well, I, I came out to my youngest sister. She's, ne- she's never judged me or you or anybody really. Um, my other sister, on the other hand, um, she uh, threatened to never let me see my nephew again, um, which really hurt me a lot. Um, you know, she's apologized since then, but I'll never, you know, it'll always, that'll always hurt. And her mom's come a long way. Your my mom, mom has come a long way. Because even at the wedding, she was, she would tell me things like, you're the best thing that ever happened to Karen, but do you have to be married? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and later she got upset with us for ha- you know for having invited her and that was surprising and this is you know a couple of years later we find out that um so it's it's been a a journey um i mean i love her and i love Karen's family and i'm i am very lucky her youngest sister let her kids be 
in our lives quite a bit. And uh, I'm very close to my niece and nephew and mm. our niece and nephew. Well, they've known you like most of their lives. I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm sure they don't even remember a time before you. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I understand that the two of you did some premarital counseling. Tell me about the decisions that went into that. Well, I was already seeing a, a therapist, and, um, and she said was, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the cool thing is, and I think I'm glad you brought that up because um, premarital counseling was really important for us, um, and I I think it's good for anybody if you have somebody who's really good at it, and um, this therapist was a out and proud lesbian and had been out and proud since the seventies. And, um, she had done a lot of relationship counseling and she had us looking at how we feel loved and how, look how different that is in the two of us. And we did a lot of little exercises and things. And you mean your love languages, how your love languages. Yeah. Okay. We started coming to our conclusion, the, the conclusion that we both are, really strong on, which is that you're going to change whether you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, you're going to change. And if you accept that you're going to change, you can then choose to change in ways that bring you closer together. Mm -hmm. And we've done that a lot. Um, Karen, can you say more about that from your perspective, this idea of changing and changing together? I mean, you know, like she said, you know, every everybody changes, everything changes. So if you, so, if you know you're going to change, you you just uh, accept it and and try to know that the other person's going to change and try to change in ways that complement each other. Don't resist the change; just accept it as inevitable and work with it. Yeah, yeah, and some of it is really conscious stuff, like. Lately, um, Karen has always talked about cars. She loves cars. She points them out on the road. She's And I used to find this really annoying. And then I was like, <laughs> you know, I might as well see what's, what this is all about. And I could like cars, too. So, And now we talk about cars. I mean, I'm not as up on it as Karen is, but I'm learning slowly to identify different types. And, and I, appreci- I appreciate the fact that she doesn't get annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> you take an interest in what Karen's interested in. Yeah, even even stuff that I never had been interested in before, and that's a real conscious thing. And she's done the same thing. I'm very very active with Girl Scouts. Tell me more about that. You're both involved in Girl Scouts now. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. She she actually has uh, three different three troops, troops right now. <laughs> three troops. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I do a little volunteering for one of her trips, but she's very active. Yeah, I teach I teach sailing um, with the Mariner Troop, and then um, it's our sailing troop. And then I'm the uh, I'm one of, of several helpers on a, a troop that's got sixty some odd girls in it, and so it's a super troop, and we need lots of adults. Uh, just recently, within this last year, have become the uh, troop leader for the Dell Children's Hospital Girl Scout troop. Girl Scouts really saved me. My mother died when I was nine, and my Girl Scout leader, my mom had called my Girl Scout leader and asked her to keep an eye on me and right before she died of cancer. And my Scout leader did, and she made her wedding dress, my wedding dress. And um, she was a very special lady. She's, she's died now um, uh, a couple of years ago, but we were still very much in touch. And um, Growing up, her, uh, her Girl Scout leader's family was kind of like a second family to her. 
Yeah, they she, have she's kids and oh, so much time over at their house and. She was like one of the Morellas kids. <laughs> so the Girl Scouts. Well, I wanted I wanted to be. <laughs> the Girl Scouts gave a lot to you when you needed it at a young age, and now you're giving back to other yeah. kids. It's it's wonderful because when I was when I was doing the lesbian group, I always told people it was a, a lesbian version of a Girl Scout troop. And now, as a regular Girl Scout volunteer, I have a lot of parents that know about Karen and I, and really. Anybody who's with us very long figures it out. And since Karen volunteers with the Mariners as well, she drives our motorboat. Um, the parents have been like coming to me and saying things like, my daughter just came out to me. I think you're out. Can you help me figure this out? So I'm, I'm still getting to do some of that work and encouraging girls to, to find community outside the bars. It's just real important to me. Mentoring. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, these, and these are older Girl Scouts. I don't want to start a, <laughs> but um but I, I work with all ages but um it's it's been really nice and it's come from the parents not from the girls as much the girls want to talk to me but they tend to have their parents ask me <laughs> i see so different now than it used to be you know even young kids are aware of gay people i guess yeah seems and, that way anyway it's so different i'm assuming that this shared interest and shared activity that you have is a one of the ways that you all connect as a couple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. See, I was a kid who grew up believing that I was going to have six kids. I wanted to have a big family. Although there are people who have been brave enough to have kids of the era that we were childbearing um, capable. The fact that um, it was so expensive and there was no guarantee of the second parent having the same rights really held me back. I couldn't imagine having a child and then losing one of us as I did when I was a kid and immediately losing the other because they weren't legally, you know, that, that happened in uh, Virginia. There was a very famous case about it. And I just, I I couldn't do that to a child, but Girl Scouts gives me kids in my life. And it's a very, very welcoming space and has been for a really long time. Um, I was doing it for a long time and kind of wanted Karen to get involved, but she wasn't sure. And, Slowly, she got involved. I think this is probably one of those choosing to to do something that brings us closer. Yeah, well, it allowed me to, it allowed me to be able to spend more time with you. Yeah, because I'm pretty busy with it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh-huh. You just decided I'm just going to do yeah, it. I might so. as well just go on up there. <laughs> yeah, but it's become important to you as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Those those Mariner girls are amazing. They are such smart and just dedicated they're just great kids they really are well let me ask you this has there ever been a time in your 24 years together that you thought "Uh uh-oh we're not gonna make it yes (laughs) and if so tell me about that and how did you get through it we had had problems this is this great trip we had in in to seattle which was wonderful but we had some kind of conflict in there. I have a tendency to block out the bad and just focus on the good. Yeah. So you're not remembering this. I don't remember what she's talking about. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Anyway, well, we did We did about six months worth of couples therapy to get through it. But uh, the moment we were in Seattle, when I had called my therapist and I was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't, I don't know what's... You know, I, I don't know how to get... The main problem is I, I was drinking too much. I wasn't handling my drinking like I should. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, the first big problem was uh, the hot tub. I didn't know that you don't drink like you usually drink and then get in a hot tub because that just accentuates it. And so we had this beautiful hot tub experience that I do not remember. And that bothered her. <laughs> right. I see. Okay. So you, you did a lot of couples therapy to get through that time. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we came, we came through it. Okay. I, we know that we can handle whatever the, the other big challenge has been family, but I don't know. We came out of it stronger and because of our, you, I'm sorry, I didn't mention this earlier in that too. When you talk about the um, premarital counseling, we came up with a marriage contract where we listed what we needed. We planned our breakup, um, which was brilliant of the therapist to have us plan our breakup. But we knew that we that it was only fair if we both had vehicles. We knew that it was only fair if we would stay in the same place until we could afford to separate. Mm -hmm. And all of these things that we've never needed, but there's also no wondering. I I know what our breakup would look like. And we know we're not ugly. (laughs) We know we're not going to leave each other. uh, Just out of the blue, high and dry. You know, they're, you know, we need to make sure that each other's taken care of at least. Yeah. At a minimum. What do you see as the strengths in your relationship? Communication. That was a hard one strength. Yeah. (laughs) It's a hard one to get to. It's hard for me. I'm not a very good communicator. You've gotten a lot. But I've gotten better. Well, Jenna, Karen, we're almost at the end of our time. But to our listeners who are listening to this today, what would you tell them in terms of just some tidbits about how to strengthen your relationship and make it strong and long-term. What I'm going to say is a little bit controversial. Um, people always say, don't change for your, the other person. I think there's a point where that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But this I am what I am, you know, love it or lump it, basically, mm-hmm. idea, I think, leads to a lot of separateness. And I think... Um, it's not a loving attitude. I think when you love someone and something bothers them, it makes sense to to change it. Your whole life goes better when you change it. Mm -hmm. And that's our, that's what I think of as our secret. I guess, yeah, flexibility is the big thing. Flexibility. Yeah. Flexibility and determination too, though. Because, you know, every time you think, oh man, I've just had it. I've had it. I don't want to do this anymore. Then you're like, but then you got to think, you know. If she wasn't around, I sure would miss her, you know. So you got to be determined to stay in it as well. Relationship researcher John Gottman says, let your partner influence you. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, it's like an openness. I'm not shutting you off. We're part of each other. And so we're going to influence each other, of course. Jenna, Karen, thank you so much for allowing me to be with you today and have this conversation. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them. So please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening and have a great week.